Welcome to Multiple Revenue Streams, the podcast for anyone who wants to start a side hustle, business owners who wish to expand, entrepreneurs who build brands, and moms who build empires. I'm your host, Linda Payan, and I'm here to encourage you to keep going, do the little things every day, and start building a revenue stream that you are proud of. Please sit back, relax, grab your sparkling water, and let's find it. Welcome to the MRS podcast. So excited to have you here. We have Kay Potter, who is an artist from Livingston, Montana, who makes a living by painting live wedding paintings, pet portraits, and by teaching the practice of plain art painting through partnerships with local lodges. She fights the myths that artists cannot be business people, and she serves her community through engagement and creating work that matters. Welcome, Kay. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the MRS podcast. I know our listeners would love to hear how you became a live wedding artist and all the other things that you do. So why don't you share your journey? I have always been an artist. Most people are, you know, most people are artists when they're in second grade. So it's it's <laughs> my fascination with making art continued into middle school and high school and even took me to art school. I went to art school in Georgia where I studied the fundamentals and all the core classes. But being from Montana, I definitely started missing home. Instead of finishing off my degree there and kind of pursuing, you know, being an artist in a more urban area, bigger city like New York City or anything like that, I actually came back home to Montana. There was a few years there where I did all these amazing adventurous jobs. I was a raft guide and I was a lift operator at the ski areas and it was so much fun. But eventually that kind of lifestyle starts to get a little bit tiring because you're moving every six months and there's really not a lot of upward momentum, if you will. At least there wasn't in the line that I saw that I wanted to go. Around 2013, 2014, I started really wondering, you know, what do we really, what do I really need to do here for the future of my life? How do I make my life something I really feel proud of and happy to live? And the answer came to me, I wanted to pursue art. Along with that, though, I also still wanted to live in these small rural communities, you know, out in Montana where the scenery is amazing and there's more cows than there are people so it's kind of a like hmm how do we make this work so i chose livingston montana because a few of my friends from all of those jobs had settled down there and also because it's a town known for its art and there's a lot of um, writers painters musicians that live there so it just felt like a great place to start setting up my home With that, though, has come what I kind of have told you about, which is plenty of challenges of figuring out how to be a small town artist. (laughs) I'm sure that's very interesting. So tell us, what did you do first with your art? Well, and also I'll tell you one more thing real quick before I start getting into it. But something that's so interesting and I think your listeners could relate to in these communities that I live in or have lived in. We're largely a service-based industry, so we our economy is based on tourism for the most part, which means a lot of people who live here are servers, work in hospitality, work as tour guides, things like that. 
which is a really great opportunity for all those folks. Also, what happens is usually people will visit these places and they'll fall in love and then they'll make a second home here, third home here. And then what happens is it's actually quite challenging for local community members to maintain the cost of living. So I'm not trying to like get into it too much, but it's something that happens a lot where entrepreneurs or small business owners in these kind of towns do it because they literally have no other way to figure out how to live in these communities. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, it does make sense because it's all tourist based. Just like you said, it's figure out a way to serve your community with your art. Yeah, exactly. And other people in this community who find ways to make revenue are also doing it because they want to live here. And it's not just provided to you. So when I started with my art, I was really very fortunate. I had a group or like an online community of older family members and family friends who all supported me by buying pet portraits. (laughs) It was just, it was so adorable. I look back on those days so fondly because I was, I mean, I was really at that point learning how to make art that looked good and learning customer service too. Linda, I didn't even have a smartphone back then. You know what I mean? Like it was a different era. (laughs) Different, different era, right? Because I'm sure you took payments differently. It was probably a check. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think it was a check. I think I must have set up my first PayPal account then. I think PayPal was like the option. (laughs) I think you're right. I mean, I've had had PayPal for over 20 years and it's when I say that to people, they're like, what? That's been around that long? I know. Yeah. No, you guys, it was like the first one. It was revolutionary. Right. (laughs) So that was really the first one. And honestly, I was using Facebook back then to find those customers. Um, I was going to ask you, did people send you their pet pictures? Like you, you took them off of photographs and then you sent them back a picture of their pet? Yep. They would send me through emails and then I'd work it out on canvas with oil paint. And I look back on all of those portraits very fondly and there's an element of new to them, you know, which is really cute. <laughs> Using really bright colors and I don't know, it was super, super fun. Oh, that's um, great. But yeah, so that was kind of the first area yeah, really good revenue. At that time too, it was a powerful tool to start talking to my actual physical community because I was able to like host a contest on Facebook where one pet would get painted for free and It was really fun because people submitted their pictures and then also submitted the story of that pet. And then we had community members vote on those pictures. So whichever picture ended up with the most likes, you know, that got to be painted. And it was really so interesting because not only did that get a lot of buzz going and people excited, but what ended up happening is the person who won was very touched by a different person's story because it was about a dog that was blind or something. And so she then was like, I actually don't want you to paint my pet portrait. I want you to paint her pet portrait. And then the the person she was gifting it to ended up giving it back. Um, so we had this fun thing where we all got together at the coffee shop and surprised both of them with portraits of their pets when they thought they were gifting it to each other. You know, they didn't oh, think beautiful. they were going to 
Yeah, it was really cool. Great way to get to know my community of people and start letting them know I was here to serve them and create meaningful moments for them through art. I love that. I love that story and how it all worked out. So those people happen to be living in your area then that were... Okay. And I think that's what really became important was figuring out kind of what we were saying of how do I serve the people who are directly in my community? So Mm -hmm. much of the world right now is about online and that's great. And it's a great opportunity, but sometimes you can feel a little bit lost or like you can't get noticed online. And so my advice to people is start going to community events and showing up with what you have to offer. That's right. From there, over all these years, I've had to figure out constantly and kind of adjust to different ways of what does my community need from art? How do I add to the overall community with my art? And so what that ended up doing was resulting in different revenue streams. (laughs) So let's talk about those different revenue streams. And so you started with pet portraits, which I love. And after the pet portraits, what was your next step after that? So the next step is people at that time were starting to hear of something called sip and paints. And sip and paints are everywhere now. You know, they're these fun bars. People get to drink wine and make art. And it was sort of a new concept back then. And so people wanted it in our small town. So I started serving it and offering it. It was a really, again, just super fun. And I thought, oh, this will be a great way to get in front of a lot of customers and introduce myself. And we ended up going for like, I mean, gosh, six years. Every winter, I would be teaching sip and paints once a month in my town and then in two neighboring towns as well. It was so much fun. It had to be one of the avenues of money because... It doesn't exist in the summer. In the summer out here, everyone's way too busy to try to do that. Oh, because they do everything outdoors. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my God, it's nice outside. We must all go do stuff. (laughs) Now, did you have to rent out a facility? The best way it ended up resulting or working, I've partnered with breweries and restaurants and places like that where they in the winter are looking to people get people in their door. I created these really strong partnerships with a few of those kind of businesses. I love that. Now, did you do that through, did you do actual networking or was that just you called them up or how did you, how did you build those relationships with people? Been so long. I feel like I've been friends with them forever. One of them was through a mutual friend, actually a brewery that I used to work for in the early days of living in Livingston. Uh, Another one, I reached out to them in White Sulphur Springs. You know, I just sent them a Facebook message, I think one day and was like, hey, I'm looking to expand. The other town, it was women who had come to Livingston and they'd come a few different times. And they were like, we want you to start coming to Big Timber. So we'll set you up at the Legion. Yeah, that's really neat how it works, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you find your people and you find the connections you really work with. Oh, and one of the first ones too was a friend from high school who had opened a wine bar. And really, he was the one that first started kind of setting us up to be successful, um, which was really cool, getting the supplies and everything like that. So yeah, shout out to Brett. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Brett. That's great. Well, plus, you know, they were probably sharing it on their Facebook page. The word gets out to people, not only your group, but everybody that they know as well, which is really nice. Exactly. And it creates a Mm -hmm. lot of excitement. It creates community. After a year or two of doing it, I had such a solid system in place. 
I knew exactly how to promote it. The purchasing of the tickets was really simple through my website. What we were kind of talking about when I reached out to you is just whenever you create one of these uh, revenue streams, you really just want to systemize it, make it so simple. If I wanted to today, and I have stopped doing the sip and paints for the most part, but if I wanted to right now, I could have one up and ready to roll in like a half hour. Well, it sounds like that could be another revenue stream where you teach people how, or you sell your system. Yeah, actually, Linda, that I'm working <laughs> on now. Are you? Okay. Uh, well, that's great. I'm working on selling my system for pet portraits first. So then moving to the sip and paint. I love that. That's great. Well, here we go. Let the world know. I know. I really just, I want artists to know that they have options to make money. That's right. And, and so yeah, important. It is. And it's, there's so much mythology around being an artist that you're a bad business person or you're bad with numbers or you're not supposed to sell. And it's like, no, you're allowed. You're allowed to make a living for yourself, you know? Exactly. Where did you go after? So we we did the pet portraits, then we're on to the sip and paint. And how, okay, so a couple questions. Um, did the sip, well, I maybe can guess why the sip and paint kind of fizzled but I'm not going to assume. <laughs> so why don't yes. you share that? And then what did you do after or with the sip and paint? Yeah. So you are accurate uh, in your implication. The <laughs> um, shutting down of everything in March of 2020, uh, my last sip and paint took place on March 12th. Smaller group. And we were like, really, I was kind of, it was in the early days where we were like, are we supposed to have stuff? What are we supposed to do? And yep. We had it and then there was a couple more scheduled for after that for March and I had to cancel them all and refund every single ticket. <laughs> and, right. Uh, right. You know, it was it was rough. It was um rough on me having to refund all of that money. And then it was also rough on everyone else who was excited. A lot of people also told me like, don't refund us, you know, we'll just save it for the future. That's nice. Um, Did you ever do that virtually? You know, I really just wasn't feeling it at that time. I don't know. I just, I know a lot of people started pivoting and being creative that way. And I think I decided to use that time more as a way to go internal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> After so long and realizing we probably weren't going to be having those groups, those big groups, I eventually did refund everyone and just said, Hey, clean slate. But then eventually I, I, we were trying to start them again when we were able to do all of that. And I had one scheduled for January, I guess of 2021, it would have been, or maybe 2022. I don't remember. And I had to cancel it again because community had too many cases of COVID. And I was honestly, Linda, I was so over it. I was like, I don't <laughs> want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, this you know, it was probably thing. just the universe telling you that it was time time yeah. to let go and and try something different. I absolutely agree. And I think that's super important. I think your business always has seasons. Sometimes something is really great objectively, but the season changes and it's time to let go of that. That's right. So what did you do? What did you do yeah. after the sip and paint? Yeah. So this whole time too, by the way, like just to clarify, I've always had all of like, I had all of these things going at once, right? So I had pet portraits going while I was doing sip and paints, okay, um, you know, or prints or whatever, because then I could also advertise to my sip and paint audience, like, hey, you guys are here having a good time. You know, we're coming up on the holidays. 
if you need a gift, I do pet portraits. You know, it's different ways of serving your audience for different purposes. I ended up changing over to teaching plein air painting lessons at a local lodge, which has been a godsend. So the weirdest thing is in the pandemic, once people started traveling out here again, they really couldn't do a lot of the activities they normally do. So they couldn't go whitewater rafting. They couldn't go on horseback trips because those are all group activities. What they ended up doing was paint, paint classes with me where we painted the scenery and it really took off. And since then, it's just been super popular. I think everybody sort of embraced their creativity again. So I um, want to, when I saw that and I, I scoured your website because I was drawn in immediately and years ago, and I'm talking decades ago, I used to go with my grandmother who was an artist and we would go, she lived in upstate New York and it like the rolling hills of upstate New York are beautiful by the Finger Lakes. And she would set up her easel and everything. And her instructor was there. They would meet at different places each week and they would paint and they would paint, you know, the scenery. So it sounds similar, but you know, when I was a little kid, I would stay with her for a couple of weeks every summer and I was able to go with her. Now, I didn't, I wasn't a very good artist, but she, but I, I could go watch her. And honestly, she, she had such a passion for it. And I'm sure you see that with your clients as well. Love that. It's amazing how many grandmothers painted. I know that sounds really weird, but it's something that is like, there was a lot of grandmothers painting. <laughs> I have a, a lot of her artwork and it, it's beautiful. Yeah, and Linda, I will tell you the clients I'm doing that with, most of them are not artists and they, they haven't painted since middle school. Okay. Um, yeah. They're just out here on their <laughs> Montana vacation and <laughs> heck, let's try this. Are you in the Montana like tourist information as to what they can do when they come to the, your area? Is that how people find you? This is one of the huge advantages of that revenue stream. How we talk about you want to figure out the really good systems and how to make it almost as less or as minimal work on you as possible. So all of the business side of all of that, it's all through the lodges that I partner with. So they're the ones who tell their customers about it. They're the ones who deal with the scheduling. Obviously, they have to schedule with me, but I never talk to the client until I show up and teach the class. Okay. Um, so when you say lodge, you're talking like a beautiful lodge where they're staying. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it's people who are out here visiting and staying at these uh, Chico Hot Springs, Yellowstone Valley Lodge, and Sage Lodge. So it's really cool. They're staying in these amazing places. The lodge brings you in as an expert artist, right? I'm a contractor. I'm one of their quote outfitters. And it, it's it's so cool. It's not horseback riding and it's not whitewater rafting, but it's plein air painting. <laughs> Which I'm sure people love that because what a great way to spend a few hours on vacation. How long is it? Like each session? I'm just, just out of curiosity. No, <laughs> it sounds like fun. Classes are two hours each. And, okay. and it's a perfect amount of time. I find Originally, when we started them, they were three hours. And by the end of that, people were ready to go. <laughs> so it's better to end at two hours when they're still kind of like, man, I'm having a great time, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's like, perfect. Oh. From that, I just sold a second pet portrait to a person I met through there. 
through that class. <laughs> and that'll probably continue. I know there's so many gorgeous paintings on your website. The, how did the live weddings come into play? That is a good question. So all of these revenue income sources over the years, they've gradually gotten more impactful as far as the dollar amount. Sip and Paints, the tickets for those started at $25, which was really cheap. But you have to meet your community where it's at. That's right. Um, I eventually got them up to $40 a ticket over over the years. So it was great revenue, but just, you know, enough to keep you kind of moving, but not to make a big difference in your life. Pet portraits are also, I pretty much price them about as low as I possibly can to make it effective, but also accessible to people. Then I was really looking into ways that I can make a bigger financial impact in my business. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds kind of like a backwards way of going through it, but live wedding painting was a motivator for that. Like I was motivated that way, but it's also that live wedding painting like fits every single thing about my personality and my values. It was motivated by how do I find a bigger value? How do I find something that gives people a really powerful moment and something they'll treasure that is worth the amount that I need to charge to start making a difference in my business? Oh, absolutely. I love the portraits. They're stunning. And I mean, they're, I guess, paintings, I should call them. They're beautiful. And you so- You call them portraits. <laughs> I mean, they're so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Do they commission you for the day or is it for just like a certain time frame that you go? Like they, you guys plan out when and like where they want the pick. Like, how does that, how do you do that? <laughs> oh my God, it's so much fun. So they're really busy coming up with their whole wedding. So oftentimes they find me, we get to know each other and they decide they're just going to trust me. And honestly, oh, like, that's the way I like it, too, because I'm trustworthy and I'll show up for you, you know? Right. <laughs> so we'll talk beforehand about what's important to them. So if there's like a building on their property or a certain mountain landscape scene that they have, um, they'll tell me. And then they'll also tell me if they have a particular pose that they're really interested in. One couple really wanted to lean into how romantic their venue was. It had these big, leafy, beautiful green trees. They wanted to be in a pose with him dipping her and kissing her, like just really leaning into romance. So we talk about all of that. And then, yes, I'm commissioned. I go to the site or the venue day of their wedding and I set up early and I start painting. And as the guests arrive, there's some paint on the canvas already. And I start chatting to them and they they kind of are always like, what's happening over here? Like some, <laughs> one time someone was even like, are you supposed to be here? <laughs> I was like, no, I, yeah, I don't. I don't That's hilarious. <laughs> and so then, yeah, I paint in front of those people, the guests and everything while everything's happening and they come up and they chat and by the end of the night, we have a painting done for the couple. Are they able um, to take it with them or does it have to dry? Do you mount it? Yeah, no, I, I take it home with me. It It is already usually dry, but I'd like to add a little more uh, details and make sure everything's perfect. And then I like to varnish it. That's the big part. But also, I don't necessarily want them having to figure out what to do with a big old painting on their wedding night. You know, Probably that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I'd like hand it off. They're like, okay. That makes <laughs> sense. You. Yeah. Do you find that the people that hire you for the live wedding paintings, are they local or are they tourists that come there? You know, is that, is that like the destination wedding couples or is it a mix of both? 
They're, they're a combination of both, but I'll tell you what, one of them is actually a pet portrait client from like 2015. So that's kind of funny. Like in 2015, she bought a $100 pet portrait from me. Okay. Yep. Uh, seven years later, she's getting married and we're, we're painting her wedding on the day of, which is just amazing. So are you going to go into babies next? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> And that's what I've started telling people is like, once you hire me to make something for you, I'm your artist for life. Oh, I, I love have that. people that literally send me an email every time they have a friend whose pet passes away or, you know, just whatever. Like I'm their pet portrait artist on repeat. <laughs> I did want to ask you a few questions. You were talking about diversifying your revenue streams and and you were saying how they all tie in to your goals and dreams. And what are your goals and dreams for your business? So I think it's so important to realize when you're an artist, there is a lot of different paths you can take. So it's really important to get clear about what your values are and what your principles are, and then move forward with that. For me, it, it, my values and principles really look like community engagement. I really love being involved in my community and strengthening my community, et cetera, et cetera. What that means is being realistic for me about how can I make a living while achieving that principle? Because there, there's ways I could be an artist that maybe would be easier, actually, that are more specialized. I, I don't have any exact examples. I made more expensive pieces of art for galleries for example. That's a great revenue stream for artists, and I support any artist going that direction. That was motivating me to realize how can I make art that is aligned with my principles. And for me, there's not enough people in my community to live off of one sole offer. I, there's not enough pet portraits to be done. <laughs> by itself here in Livingston. When I realized the community needs public art, when they need a mural, when they're like last spring, there was a cattle drive that came through town. It was a local rancher moving his cattle through town. Everybody loved it, right? So <laughs> I made a painting of that and sold prints of that because that's what the community was excited about. There's kind of that aspect to it. I love that. That's so interesting to me. For people just starting out, was there a lot of expenses that you had when you first started with your pet portrait or not really? You know, not really. I mean, paint is very expensive and art supplies can be pretty expensive. But honestly, the internet and all of these options anymore, boy, it, it's really easy to get started on, on art businesses. I love that. Yeah. And I will tell you too, Linda, like, I, th I think one of the biggest pieces of business advice given to artists is to specialize and become known for one thing. That is what I've always had to battle with my business. And it's true. It, it made it harder because I'm not just advertising, you know, pet portraits and I'm not just marketing classes or becoming the best lesson instructor. It, it, it does make the marketing side of things hard. Your audience can be confused about you, but it's worth it because at least it was in my case, because you get to explore so many different ways to serve your clientele. And then what I ended up doing in like 2022 was really dialing in exactly what I really loved serving them through. And that was the pet portraits, the plein air painting, and the live wedding painting. And just figuring out exactly how to make all of those things as streamlined, as, as simple as possible. So I think we were talking about there's challenges or downsides to having multiple revenue streams. 
And there really can be. If you don't have systems in place, you will feel pulled in a million different directions. So it's it's so important. Get to know one very well. So focus on one revenue stream for a long time, like pet portraits, and then know exactly the steps you need to take your clients through and the steps you need to do behind the scenes and then make it all factory. You know, like <laughs> I have the same box that I use for every single person's pet portrait or I have these three sizes to use. And and outside of those, people might have customization requests and that's fine. This is the pro this is the next step. This is the questionnaire I need you to fill out. This is the email. Like I have all email templates at this point for those kind of services. I don't have to I see a lot of artists and I did this in the early days. Every project is a brand new project. And and you don't want to do that if you're gonna have multiple revenue streams. You wanna be able to simplify. Right. Otherwise it'll be overwhelming. So it really, yep. yeah, it's really about having systems in place. And once you have those systems in place, because I love how you mentioned earlier where you said you initially did your classes for three hours and realized, well, two hours would be better because they're going to leave a little happier and not think that it was too long or didn't get enough for their money or, you know, whatever that, whatever that may be. Those are the kind of tweaks that you can make in your business, no matter what it is. And it's all a learning process. Also learning where your limits are. For a little while with pet portraits, I had an assistant. When I had her, we could offer framing and it was amazing. And I loved giving that to my clients. Unfortunately, she ended up getting offered her dream job. So she left my assistant <laughs> position. And the second she left, I knew I had to I can't do that by myself, right? Like I, mm. I will not have the time to offer that service or the energy. So knowing also where your limits are and then sticking to them is important, I think. Agree. That almost, almost like your limits are built in with your systems. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite app on your phone that you use every day or? Uh, so probably the app that made the biggest difference in my business is called HoneyBook. Have you heard of it? I haven't. Okay. What is it's it? HoneyBook? Yeah. HoneyBook. It's a CRM, which I can never remember what that means. Customer. Customer relation management. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's incredible. It, it uh, is a container where every interaction I have with a client um, goes into their project folder automatically. And I can upload files to their, you know, project, all of our emails, uh, discourse, even though it says it's coming from info at K Potter, it's all in the project. So I can have a conversation with someone through email and re refer back to it five months later without having to like frantically search through my Gmail inbox. And then the other thing is, gosh, and they don't, they're not paying me, but they, you can set up automations through it. Mm -hmm. So for example, when someone asks me about a pet portrait, I click pet portrait inquiry automation, and it sends them exactly the emails they need, the information they need, and the way they can take their next step. And so like, from inquiry to pet portrait booked, I almost like don't even have to be involved. It's amazing. Holy moly, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like once I had that kind of thing set up, it was that do they gear that towards artists? I think it's geared very largely towards photographers, 
Okay. Um, I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> okay. I'll have to look because that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think it's about making sure you know what your root values are and really like discovering what's important to you and then using that information to view every aspect of your life. So if you know what your values are, then you know what decisions to make and how to move forward or something is going wrong or you're upset about something, you can look at it and realize like, oh, it's not hitting my values. So I, I had a life coach once that helped me realize the importance of values. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, <laughs> well, it is. It's about your values and it's in the common terms, like knowing your why. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for taking your time and being on the MRS podcast today. Loved, loved having you. It was a real pleasure to be here. Thanks, Kay. Have a wonderful day. And now a quick note from our sponsor. What's the number one piece of jewelry, maybe besides your wedding band, that you wear every day? I don't know about you, but for me, it's earrings. No matter how busy I am, I put a pair of earrings on every day. And I keep an extra pair in my purse for earring emergencies, because let's face it, we are all super busy. Try the Complete Luxury Earring of the Month Club, where you will receive one pair of earrings every month the whole idea of the Earring of the Month Club is to build an earring wardrobe for you to have a variety of earrings no matter what the occasion, no matter what your mood, you will have earrings to wear with your outfit. Many of our customers tell us they would not have picked out some of the earrings but love them and once they put them on, they wear them all the time. For your Earring of the Month Club experience, go to completeluxurybox.com forward slash earrings. That's complete luxury box.com forward slash earrings with an S.